0: Well, everybody, welcome to Strong Nation Church via the internet. I love the technology in which we have right now, and it's amazing. Um, I know of at least 20 houses that people are meeting in, but it's probably more like 40, which is great right now, right across the whole uh, Western Sydney area of the Hawkesbury, Penrith, and the mountains. And I've been waiting all day to say this, please take your lounge (laughs) or your bed some of you didn't even get out of bed, did you? Well, it's great to have you with us anyway. It's fantastic. Well, like I said, welcome. I think it's exciting days in which we live. I think it's exciting days that, for the church right around the world. We've never seen a time like this, not in our lifetime anyway. And um, I've got to tell you, I am excited while understanding the seriousness of what's happening with the COVID-19 situation right around the world. It astonishes me every day. But inside of me, there's an excitement. What could happen for the kingdom? What could happen for the kingdom of God where people right now are feeling overwhelmed? Ah, but the church has an answer. The church is not overwhelmed. This is the day in which the church becomes stronger and stronger. It's the day the church has been waiting for in the sense that we know a God who is a deliverer, a healer, a miracle worker. So church, I want to encourage you Let's keep together, let's stay together. In fact, there are three scriptures that I've been meditating on all week. And I just want to read them to you and encourage you with them. First one is Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's break to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praise to God enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. Wow, we're meeting in house to house today. And I'm just wondering whether we might get to see it again where people come to find life in the most amazing way. Let me encourage you, church, love one another. Keep loving one another. Even with the people you're sitting with right now, but the people who aren't there today. Love one another as I've loved you, Jesus said. He said, by this, all the world will know that you're my disciples by the love that you show one another. Beautiful. Encourage one another daily. There's never been more time for us to uh, be able to text someone or FaceTime someone or or encourage them on the fly. Driving in your car, you can make a call hands-free, of course, and just encourage church. Can we do that? Can we not neglect those? Put it in your diary to call someone every day. And let's encourage one another. Another scripture that I've been meditating on is Hebrews 10.25. This is not the time to pull away and to neglect meeting together, church. As some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. Now, I respect our government. I love the measures that they're putting in and the heart in which they do it. Let's continue to meet together according to those guidelines. It's okay, like I said, through social media to do that face-to-face. Nothing gets through that I'm aware of. FaceTime. But I want to encourage you also to have people out for meals. As long as they're you know, COVID-free, I suppose. Open up your homes, and let's do what the church is meant to do, and let's be uh, hospitable. Allowing people to come and experience your hospitality. Loving one another. Meeting together regularly. Amen? Amen. Do it during the week, and we're going to be also meeting on Sundays via the web in different houses, and we're going to keep an eye on what the government asks us to do, and we're going to uh, um, meet accordingly. It might be a case that the houses we have now, we need to have two houses for every one house we have now. Well, that would be great, wouldn't it? That would be awesome. The third scripture I've been meditating on to is this. You know, we've been praying for you all week. It says this, Psalm 91, verses 9 to 11. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for you shall For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. That's my prayer for you every day, church. Every one of you, every child, every man, woman, every young person, every married couple, every family. That's my prayer. That God would abide with you, or you would abide with God every day, and his presence will be felt upon your household. Church, this could well be our finest hour. Are you ready for it? Are you ready? I've had a bit of a giggle this week. I was chatting to God, having prayer, and preparing for this message. And um, I've had in mind a little three part series um, with the theme of lift up your eyes. And I've preached two of those primarily at Hawkesbury Church. Um, The first one was lift up your eyes and see who you are. Do you realize that you are the child of God? You're not just his servant, you're his son, you're his daughter. Which means you actually have incredible authority. So much authority that actually you are called to rule with Christ. Do you understand who you are? It's amazing, I think. The second week I I spoke about um, lift up your eyes and see the cause. Do you know there's there's incredible cause to live for? In fact, when a Christian recognises the call on their life and steps into the cause their life changes. Lift up your eyes and see a cause. Right now, more than ever before, you don't have to look very far to see a cause. People around us, situations, where just an encouragement can change someone's life right now, there's cause. But here's God's sense of humour. I've always been planning to preach a message with this title and it doesn't fit a better day than this one here. And today I want to preach about lift up your eyes and see your God. Because He's amazing. And I want us to today just to stop and to consider Him. Who He is. He's amazing. He's, a, he's, he's with us right now. There's three things I really want us to look at. You see, because as Christians in times of crisis... The most important thing for us to do is remember who our God is. Do you remember who he is? You know, now is not the time to be looking to Hollywood stars. Now is not the time to be looking to sports stars, although most of those aren't working. <laughs> now is not the time to be looking at the Zodiac stars. Probably no time is a good time to looking at star- Zodiac stars. Our government's impressive and they're doing great, but they can't bring what you need into your heart right now. They can't bring the wholeness that you need to walk in right now. I think you have fantastic pastors and leaders in our church, but even they can't bring the comfort that's required into your heart. We have great, great people around us, but do you know right in this time of crisis throughout the world, there's only one you should be looking to. Lift up your eyes and see your God. Psalm 61 verses 1 and 2, David says this, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock, not the rock star. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The next Psalm, Psalm 62, he says this, I stand silently to listen for the one I love waiting as long as it takes for the Lord to rescue me. For God alone has become my saviour. He alone is my safe place. His wrapped around presence always protects me. For He is my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me, even when troubles multiply around me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, church, this is the day to look to God and God alone. You'll have church and pastors and leaders that care for you and pray for you and and will be there to help you. But there's only one Saviour. And there is only one who can help you. There is only one who can bring the the wholeness that you really need. I remember many years ago, I had the honour of meeting T.L. Osborne. T.L. Osborne is a legend. You should Google what he used to do as a minister. He's now with Jesus. But I got to meet him and I sat down and had a meal at a Chinese restaurant with him, of all places. And I remember saying to him, Sir, would you be so kind as to lay your hands on me? You know, we've sort of talked about the anointing. It's transferable. And and, uh, I'll never forget his response. He said, young man, I'd like to do that, but why would you want to get it secondhand? You see, we don't live in a time where The laying on of hands was from one prophet to another was necessary. We live in a time post-Pentecost where the Holy Spirit poured out on all flesh, was available to everyone, that God is available to you. He's available to me. But sometimes we just forget that or ignore that. Church, I want you to lift up your eyes and see your God today. Three things I want to remind you about our God. The first one is, and kids... So glad you're sitting with us in all different locations. You're part of the church. You're a vital part of the church, kids. And I'm going to ask you to remember these three things, if you would. Write them down. And if you get them right, mum and dad will give you a surprise. Thank me later, mum and dad. That'd be great. Surprise could be an Apple, computer, maybe. The first point, lift up your eyes and see... He is all-powerful. He is powerful. Just think about your God for a moment. Think about it. He, with one word, spoke all the universe into being. With one word.
1: And it's, it's still, still growing. growing.
0: They still haven't found the end to it. It's still growing and growing beyond measure. And every year they get blown away by more of the universe. they found He spoke that into being. He split an ocean for people to walk through. He dropped food from heaven, and when they got sick of that food, he sent them Kentucky fried quail with Pepsi from a rock. He caused Israel to win unwinnable battles all the time, even in 1967. He made the sun stand still, the axe head float. He delivered three men from a furnace and one from a lion's den. He returned a runaway prophet to his destiny via a whale, sent down fire to consume the altar. He turned water into wine, walked on water, blind could see, crippled walk. He raised people from the dead and he conquered death himself. Yeah. This is the God we're talking about. Yeah. And he says in Romans chapter 8, 11, he says this, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. That's, right. That's exciting, don't you think? wow, I'll say it backwards, wow, it's an oldie but a goodie. You think he's worried right now? I don't think he's too worried about any little virus because he's got almighty and he is with you and he is able to have that power. That power is in you, church. That power is active around you, church. It is faith that activates the power. This powerful God that is your God. He hasn't left you. He's with you. He may not be too concerned about virus. He's probably a bit concerned about how much toilet paper you have right now. (laughs) But he's got this. He's got this. Lift up your eyes and see your God is powerful. He's not Gandalf. He's not Dumbledore. He's not Santa Claus. He's God Almighty. That's That's who we have. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. I remember two years into our marriage, back in the late 80s, early 90s, we weren't doing too good. In fact, it was terrible. And um, we just weren't connecting. And I remember thinking, this is over. We were part of a youth ministry then, and my youth pastor was talking to me. And I remember him coming to me saying, "Rick, what are you going to do?" And I remember I know where I was standing. I said, "Gary, I've got no option but to rely on God. He's all I've got right now." And do you know? Thirty years later, we're happily married. God came through. I remember He performed a miracle. Right in our darkest hour, a miracle came and saved our marriage. And I can't even really explain what he did. He just did it. I had to rely, I had no one else to rely on but him. Wow. Look, lift up your eyes and see how powerful your God is at this very time. Second thing, kids, that was the first thing. Second thing, lift up your eyes and see he loves you. He is so in love with you. He, this all-powerful God is nuts about you. So much so that he said his only son to die for you. His, his unique God himself son came into the world for you. Wow. Seven billion plus people on the planet and he loves everyone as if they were the only one. That's our God. He loves you that way. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. What an amazing love. He's not some deity that sits on a throne hoping we'll bow down to him. That's not our God. Our God is the one who sent us his son to save us from our own troubles but also sent himself via the Spirit to live within us. Wow. That's a big effort. That's a powerful God. That's a mighty God who loves you so, so much. He cares for you and is concerned for every aspect of your life. Matthew 10, the context here is don't fear. Jesus is talking. He says, don't fear. Ten twenty nine to 31. You can buy two sparrows for only one copper coin yet not even one sparrow falls from its nest without the knowledge of your father. Aren't you worth more to God than many sparrows? So don't worry, for your God cares deeply about even the smallest detail of your life. The smallest detail. Go to him with it. A great song of of the 80s. No sin is too big, no problem is too small. Jesus has it all. He's got it. Why? Because he loves you. And he cares for you. You understand that? Lift up your eyes and see that he loves you. He watches over your your needs. Your need for peace right now. Your need for health. All you need to do is come to him and say, God, I need you. Someone once said the best prayer and the shortest one is, help. Pray that prayer because he loves you. He's not far away. My favourite prayer right now is, God, I've got nothing, but you've got everything and I've got you. And do you know what? I'm seeing a lot of answered prayer over my life. How about you? He loves you that much. He's close to you. He's not far away. He, he, he watches over your supplies and your finances right now. There's a lot of fear around these things, especially toilet paper. <laughs> Can I tell you, church, right now, put your trust in him. He loves you so much you can trust Him. Put your trust totally in Him, especially with your finances. As your pastor, I want to encourage you, don't, don't, don't stop being generous. My heart is that everyone would be blessed. We've had teaching on this. That everyone will be blessed. Do you understand? To live a blessed life is to live a life that blesses. And God's intention is for you to be a blessing. So, Make sure you manage your finances the way that He would want you to. Make sure you keep it in line because you're trusting Him. Amen? He's your provider. He's your provider. The government might give you a stimulus, but God is your provider. He's the one who loves you. You know, I have five children and three, almost five grandchildren, boy, I love them. I remember several times, more than I can count, just watching my children and just welling up with tears. And they look at me as if I'm really, really weird, especially when they got to be teenagers. What are you doing, Dad? I just well up with, it. and the only explanation I have is this love. Oh, my goodness. You know, yesterday we went picking apples with two of our granddaughters, and, and again, I just watched them toddling around. One of them turns three. Happy birthday, Nevy, She turns three today. And I was just watching my granddaughter, and again, my eyes just well up with this love of tears of love for them. And it's incredible. But yet, but yet Jesus explained God's love, that he would consider the amount of love I give as wicked compared to what God's love for you is. My kid so love by God, even so much so that it makes my love for them look wicked. Wow. Church, do you get this? Do you see it? God, you are God's children. <laughs> I remember back when I was a young 18-year-old heading off to Wonderland. Remember Wonderland, uh, Western Sydney? And it was just opened and we were lining up for one of the rollercoaster lights there. And I was there with a friend called Linda. And Linda was a larger-than-life person in all aspects of life. And she says, she grabbed my hand and says, here, come, quick. And she pulled down Pull me down all the way past, down to the front of the lion. I said, what are we doing here? She says, don't worry, I've got this. And she talks to the person at the gate. She says, hey, um, we need to get through because my dad owns this ride and he owns the whole park. The guy said, all right then. And let us in on the ride. I said, your dad owns this place? He said, my heavenly father owns everything, Rick. (laughs) Do you know what? You've got a father who loves you doesn't matter what's happening on earth. Your father loves you. And you can sit. We're going to have a lot more time on our hands, I think, to think, church. We can take time to sit and to drink in his love. Read the love letter he wrote you. Tells you his plans for you. He's amazing. He's very good. So the first thing was look up and see how powerful God is. Second thing, lift up your eyes and see that God loves you. And kids, here's the third point. Lift up your eyes and see his heart for this world. He loves this world. You see, the love he has for you is only equaled by the love he has for others. In fact, there's probably an argument that he's actually more concerned about those outside the kingdom than he is those in. If you talk about Jesus, he says he would leave 99 of us who are safe in the kingdom, just to find the one who isn't. He has a love for them. For God so loved the world that he sent his God son, Jesus, the son who is God. You see, what the father really wants more than anything else is this. He wants everybody in his family forever. Everybody. And right now there is a world that literally is, I've never heard of a world so panicky that's freaking out, that's feeling so overwhelmed right now and he loves them and he has a plan for them and he's done everything he required for them to come to him but they don't know that. But Strong Nation Church, we know that. We know his love. We know his burden. We know what his intention is. But they don't. I think about the people who are living around us our neighbours, our workmates, our school friends, at the friends at the school gate, the parents who pick up their kids, the people who we interact with all the time, who we don't interact with much more. I'm just wondering whether or not this is the time for the church to pick up the phone, to stand across the street and wave, to smile, to send a little message saying, hey, it's going to be okay, I'm thinking about you. Hey church, what if we were the church who actually dropped around meals to people next door, just thinking about just sharing food? We're gonna to need to do a lot more of that, I think. Do you know? I've realized something. We have a weapon. We have a weapon to combat anxiety and fear. We have the greatest weapon. Do you want to know what it is? We have many weapons, but there's a really powerful one. It's a thing called your table. You see, when people come to sit around your table, everything feels better. You've got the most powerful thing sitting there and they're all different sizes. They're called a table. And I want to encourage you, keeping to the government's rules, keeping to guidelines, why don't we consider opening up our table this week? Maybe for a brother or sister in the kingdom, someone who's... In our church, that's great. I love that. Continue to do that. But why not include also someone who you know who doesn't know Christ yet, doesn't understand that God loves them? What if we as a church, all around the place, said, Hey, I love you to a whole bunch of people who don't know that? I think this is our opportunity, church. I think this is the time to ask our neighbors, How are you doing? Are you coping? I sat down at um, at school the other day. I was at Windsor High School and one of the teachers is a fiery, a volunteer firefighter. And he, as you know, the summer was immense for him. And um, I just said, so mate, how are you doing? Tell me a story. And for the next half hour, he just kept telling me about all this stuff which he'd been holding in. He'd been... yeah. You know, Tired. He'd been confused. He'd had situations where he was fearful. And he just began to tell me more and more. I just had to ask one question. What if around our table, we ask some questions. Hey, how are you handling this? And we can bring reassurance. We can bring peace. Remember, we have all authority. And Christ has asked us to rule with him. This is how we rule. We rule the way Jesus would rule. Metaphorically washing people's feet. Don't do it for real. We can speak joy, we can speak peace, and we can speak love over people's lives, which really excites me. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus makes an incredible statement to Peter. He says, Peter, or Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. you Wow. Well, I'm glad, glad he asked you, Jesus, because you know, of course you're not gonna let that happen, no. Simon, Satan has asked you to sift you like wheat. I have prayed, said Jesus, that you won't lose your faith. And when you return, that you will strengthen your brothers. What? Do you know what? Maybe there's a bit of sifting going on right now, Christian. And I don't know why, but sometimes we go through really awful situations. But I pray that you will not lose your faith. Church, remember, lift up your eyes and see that you have an all-powerful God who loves you and has a plan for your life. Even when you're going through the darkest hour, you have a God who's all-powerful, who loves you, who is with you. And when you return... When you realise this, turn to the others around you so that you can strengthen them. That's our call. That's what we're called to do. Lift up your eyes and see God's heart for the world. Church, I actually think this could be our finest hour. I honestly do. It's going to be like this for a while. We're sitting here in Studio Strong Nation, which has a lot of chairs that we could probably sell on eBay now. <laughs> just joking. We actually don't know where this is gonna go from week to week. But just, as, just isn't it good that we're not rigid machines, that we're actually flexible beings? But one thing we can't stop doing is understanding we have a God with us who is powerful, who loves us, and we need to also then love others. That's what we do. We're the experts, okay? God's called us to be the experts of love. Can we do it? Church, just look around. Let's see what we can do. Next week, we may have to meet in double the amount of houses because we can't meet with as many people. We're okay with that. We can flex. I'm going to be calling a lot of you church people to start leading. You've got leadership on your life and it's time for you to pick that mantle up. Why? Because God loves these people. That's why. And you have an all-powerful God with you who loves you. We're going to do this together church and we're going to see great things happen. If you've been praying for revival and if you know your revival history usually something like this happens before revival. Are you ready for it? This Strong Nation Church will be the finest hour. Amen.